Hey everyone, this is Jim Brewer, and you're listening to Appetite for Distortion with Brando on iHeartRadio. Go get him, Brando! Do you know where you are? Do you know where you are? This is Appetite for Distortion. And welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode 100. And 15. My name is Brando. Coming up in just a few, Jim Brewer in studio. Yes, from Saturday Night Live, Half-Baked. If you're a Mets fan, you know who he is. He actually made me root for the Mets, and I'm a Yankees fan. He's a Long Island guy, just like myself. And, well, he's opinionated, and he's a rocker. You know, we've had comedians on the the show before. Uh, From that metal show, we had Don Jameson and... uh, and, and Jim Florentine, but with with Jim, he's such. A, if you haven't seen his bit on ACDC, I mean, people were saying that when Brian Brian Johnson fell ill, or however you want to phrase it, that Jim could have stepped in for ACDC. And Jim had made some comments that you know because he's so loyal and loves Brian, they're friends essentially, uh, that he wasn't a fan of Axel DC. So in addition to talking about Jim Brewer's new album, uh, Live in Portland, uh, he's on tour with Metallica, uh, we're going to ask him about Axel DC, see what he has to say. And that's going to be in studio, as I, as I mentioned, and just so you know, it's going to be one of those quick morning show kind of interviews. So uh, Jim is on the phone for two hours talking to you know countless radio stations, most of them over the phone, and then... I just walk in. So we're going to pick up from when I just walk in. And then after that, uh, returning to the show, uh, guitarist from Quiet Riot and Hookers and Blow with Dizzy Reed, Alex Grassi returns, and he's bringing a guest with him, Mark Alexander, the uh, president of Golden Robot Records. Uh, you may have heard it. That's the, the record company that Dizzy Reed signed to, that Gilby Clark signed to, and now Hookers and Blow have signed to. So we're going to find out all what went down with the Hookers and Blow record deal. Alex said they would never make an album, that it's kind of, yeah, it's a serious band, they have fun, but it's kind of at the same time like a jokey band. It was never meant to really be anything, and now they have a record deal. So we're going to find out just what's going on in the world of Hookers and Blow. Uh, But first, my awkward sit-down I mean, I shouldn't say awkward. We sit down. I mean, he couldn't have been nicer. Jim Brewer. Yeah. What's up, Brandon? <clears throat> Sorry, we have like six seconds. <laughs> it is what it is. You know that. So let's not waste any time. Uh, because I'm a Long Island boy, just yeah. like you. Uh, yeah. Grew up in Baldwin, went to high school in Dix Hills, went to Hofstra. Yeah. So, I mean, you, I've just been talking fo- about Strong Island, South Shore. I've just been following and admiring your career. Thank you. You know, since you, you know, SNL. But of course, you know, before we get to all this stuff, and I obviously wore my Metallica shirt today I like that. for you with Cliff on it. I like that. Should I say it? I got it from Hot Topic like 10 years ago. Or should Why not? I? All right, fair Doesn't enough. Doesn't matter where you got it. You got it. Because speaking of Metallica, and we'll talk about what you do with them, but uh, everything that you've done, 
you know, how do you put together a, a new album? Like, what do you look for for material at this point for Live in Portland? Listen, Brandon, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm just going to be straight out with you. This was the most unplanned, one of the most unplanned things I ever did. It basically just happened. And okay. what I mean by that is Torrent Metallica, um, that day we were we were off three days, and we very rarely would get three days off. And whenever we did that, the crew would try to plan something. And one of the crew members that works really close with the band was on this mission of feeding homeless. Hmm. And she said, I'd really like to start in Portland and uh, when we go back. So we said, all right. And she said, listen, can you, we had about three and a half weeks off. She said, can you book a comedy club and do a food drive and this way, some of the people that are off can honestly see you because the riggers and the people and the lights, they they only have one day off. Mm. And if we can get, you know, they all keep saying, hey, I want to see Jim. So I went, all right, yeah, I'll book a, yeah, I can do that. And I said, uh, I have all this merchandise that my wife tells me to get rid of. <laughs> Although I feel like I want to make money off it. I got all these albums and DVDs. So I said, I'll tell you what, we'll do food drive. We'll feed the homeless that day. And then that night we'll do the show. And if you're gonna, if you want to work the food drive, she's like, I called the food bank. So it was all about this girl wanting to feed the homeless, mm, that's and a, that's a good place to start to entertain the crew because they had a day off. Got it. And so I booked the comedy club, and a lot of the crew couldn't go, but not, not you know the band was somewhere else. But there was a lot of Metallica fans in there that travel around with them. There was a lot of people local. It's it sold out. Well, wow, sold out. That's pretty cool. We only have three weeks to sell this thing, sold it out. And I was giving away, she was giving away merchandise, and I finished, I did my set. I, I haven't done it in in like three weeks, so I'm like, ah, I'll do this tonight, I'm going to wing the beginning. I, I can honestly say I think the first 10 minutes is me just improv Love it. And I wanted to get heavy at the end. There was something I, I'm like, I'm going to test them because I've been doing this. But I want to see how them. I want to see how they handle what I'm going to talk. Emotionally about. heavy. Yes, I love when you do that. When you talk about your parents, and that's this was heavy. I was talking Man. about my dad dying in my arms. I went. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna see if they can handle this. And and it, it's fun. The funny. So, I finished it, and the guy that was following me around, he's this 20 year old kid. He goes, "Hey, uh, I I I recorded tonight." No one. Okay, well, I record every night on my phone. And I try to listen to make my notes. Oh, okay. I, that's what I just record and I for notes Smart. and try to get funnier. <laughs> sure. And so he goes, yeah, tonight was, he doesn't talk. He goes, tonight was, mm -hmm. and to him, that's like, whoa, this is, whoa, you were impressed tonight? So I was kind of busting his chops and went, cool, a 20-year-old likes it. <laughs> the 20-year-old kid likes what I did tonight. Cool. <laughs> um, and then about a month later, my manager was just blown out of his... He said, Jim, man, this is an album. And I went, album? Because, yeah, we need to release this as a comedy album. I went, comedy album? You, the Portland show? Because, yeah, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. I went, really? And he gave it to me to listen to. And I shouldn't say this, but I listened for about three minutes and just the sound, all I cared about was the sound quality. Mm -hmm. It was the sound quality. I went, I, I, I can't listen. I, 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 I could do me a favor. You've been in business a long time. When you listen to this, 
would you say, would you, he goes, are you confident and put it out? He goes, oh, I'm really confident. He goes, you're going to be blown away by the reaction. And I, I, I'm like, all right. Because it's, in it's my mind. nowadays. But in my mind, I've been doing this for the last seven, eight years. And it's not that people haven't taken, the people that really know about it or, or people that listen to Howard and they go, man, when you talk about your dad or the people that come see me, they go, man, you talk, man, you, you're a great storyteller. The stories you told and you made it funny. You don't do politics, man. Thank you. are so relatable. And it's just, I dedicate I love doing that. I love inner. That's it's long Island. That's how I grew up. Family. And that's morals. why you're, you're, you're still successful and you're still, you have your hands in so many different pots. And I know we only have seven seconds, like you said earlier. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's big, how the album came about. It's supposed to be the organic moment. So I, I'm going to throw, I guess, a lot in you in the last yeah, yeah. few minutes that I have. Yeah. Uh, one, because this is from a, a fan who brought in this question, because we're talking about Metallica and we're talking about how a, an album can come up organically. Do you prefer, you know, doing a stadium that not many comedians do open up for a rock band? Or do you like just being in the intimate comedian? I li- I've done, I like them all. Now, when I was with Metallica, I, d- I couldn't really do a stand-up set. I had to, it was more, they wanted me to more entertain people as they come in. And what that included was I, I got obscured pictures to be playing as they were sitting down. Then I got a DJ an all request DJ for a half hour. You tell him, and if I like some of the requests, I'll tell a story that leads to the song. Oh, okay. Um, so like we'd play System of a Down, and I would say, you know, I toured on a tour bus in 2003, and Lars Ulrich came in the back of my tour bus, and we moshed to System of a Down, <laughs> Sugar, nice. and then I started playing all the other, and he said before he left, he went, if we ever have to pull off a torch... I would give it to System of Down. They're that good. And then that made me go, I wonder that's why, and then after St. Anger came out, that was really driven somewhat by System of a Down. Oh, interesting. But I don't know. But I, and then I go, so here's System of a Down. And then we play the song, and the people march. And then I go up and do 20 minutes, but I get the whole arena like, oh, find me. I saw them in 1986, open for Ozzy, doing all, I do a quick little Ozzy impression. And then I go, find me the oldest person in the arena. Let's honor the oldest metalhead. And then I'd have sections going, ah, God, ah. Oh, it's beautiful. It's improv. And then um, I'd have sing-alongs, game shows, stuff like that. And it, so it wasn't really a stand-up set. But I will say this. When I found my comedy moments, to hear like 15,000, 20,000 people going, ah, <laughs> uh, I've never been there as a comedian. If that comes, I'll mm. be ready for it. Nice. And now, uh, so I'll have to answer that question another day. Fair enough. Uh, a few seconds left. I, I know you've spoken about this before. Uh, ACDC rumored to start have a new album. Yeah. Uh, do you do you have any feelings? If you change your feelings and Axel DC, if it, it was recorded with Brian and Axel went on tour. What are your thoughts about ACDC right now and Axel potentially being involved? If Brian's involved, I'm good. Okay. It I, I, I haven't bought Axel yet. It just doesn't matter. I'd like to see I'd like to see uh um Grohl, David Grohl go on tour. 
with ACDC. I mm. would enjoy that more. Not that he needs to be new frontman. It's just like, hey, it's in honor of doing ACDC songs. I'm David Grohl. You know I'm a rock guy. You know I love them. I love Whirl. I'm going on tour for eight cities. I would pay to see that. Axel, I, I give it a shot. I'm gonna, so, and everyone said that now. If he's recording and Brian's recording, I, I, I listen. You treat Brian with respect. I'm in. Right on. Right on. I didn't like the respect that was given to Brian the last go round. Fair enough. Well, I hope we can talk more about this uh, next time. Let's do it. Thanks so much, Jim. Let's do it. Amazing. Just amazing. And of course, I wish I had more time. It's just, it is what it is when these guys are just so busy and they still have to promote. They got to set aside time to get as much promotion out there. And, well, you know, I'm just, uh, again, grateful to my, you know, employers at iHeartRadio and Premier Radio Networks for, you know, trusting me, you know, because I'm not a complete radio station. I am not a morning show. I'm just a butter man with a podcast. (laughs) That's it. And I'm going to try to get Jim back on for a longer interview. You know, um, if you follow on social media, you saw the picture I posted. He was like, oh, let's take a selfie, put his arm around me and... You know, I didn't even have time to, and before we get to some brief shotgun news, and I'll tell you this story. It just goes to show you, you know, like how much can change over a course of, let's just say a career, not to get too grandiose with it. Uh, When I was working at Sirius XM, I don't know, 10 years ago or something, uh, for the Catholic Channel, and I'm sure you've heard me make uh, many uh, a Jewish reference because I am a Jew. Uh, but I didn't care about working for the Catholic Channel. My friend worked there. Radio is radio. No big deal. But, of course, I wanted to be in music. And it took me seven years to get full-time in radio because I went the on-air route. And, you know, to be on-air at Sirius XM, you got to be like a celebrity or something. Um, but I was just getting frustrated. It was a Friday night. No one was around. And I just, I'm like, oh, how long am I going to keep struggling? And I, Jim Brewer at the time, disappointed this, uh, had a, a show at on Sirius XM. And I go to the bathroom. And don't worry, it's not like a George Michael kind of bathroom story. I go to the bathroom and I, you know, as I like to do, I don't know about you, I go to the, 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 the urinal furthest away from the door. I don't want anyone near me. Uh, and I guess see in the corner of my eye, I mean, I don't. I don't look. I, I have, you know, tunnel vision when I go to the bathroom. I'm telling you way too much about my bathroom habits. Uh, but I see in the corner of my eye, Jim Brewer. I mean, he has a recognizable face, even in your peripheral. And there's no one else in the bathroom, and he just takes the other end of the urinal. So we're not side by side like Ace Ventura or something. Let's see if you get that reference. Um, and just me being the weirdo that I am, All of a sudden, I just decided to say out loud, wow, peeing next to Jim Brewer. This is the highlight of my career. (laughs) And then immediately, his laugh, which sounded like Peter Griffin just now. I'm not good at impersonations, but he did his Jim Brewer laugh. And I didn't get get a chance to tell him that story off the air because after me, there were more interviews and uh, and I had to go do some work. So uh, hopefully when we get him back on, I'll tell him that story off the air, not to bore with, not to bore you with it again, uh, but so nice. Anyway, it is time for some news. Yeah, and I guess the biggest shotgun news: we have our first Guns N' Roses date of 2019. Yeah, if you haven't seen uh, the Louder Than Life Festival in Louisville, Kentucky. 
Uh, it's you know, of course, so it's a festival. It's not like any tour has been announced or anything like that. Uh, that'll be taking place September 27th, 28th, and 29th. Just an FYI, my birthday is September 8th, so I am accepting birthday gifts. So that's pretty great. That's pretty awesome. You know that this is continuing. We know uh, Duff is with the solo record. Uh, slash, you know, the conspirators uh, is going to continue, and now you know Gene R is 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 continuing. So it's going to be uh, fun to see how that pans out. All right, part deux of episode one hundred and fifteen. Uh, we got Alex Grassi back on the show. He's always great, always opinionated, always funny. Of course, from Quiet Riot, he he worked night, with Kevin DeBro and his solo band. Uh, with Hookers and Blow, and it's just going to be fun to talk, to, to catch up with him. They just had uh, the cruise with the Trailer Park Boys, and you may have seen press releases. They've signed a record deal, so we're going to get uh, official recordings of Hookers and Blow. What does that mean? Well, let, let's find out. Let's just get right into the conversation, awkwardly get into it, as I normally do with you, Alex, is normally awkwardly get into our conversations, whether... Isn't everything like that? It's all good. It's my life, you know. Uh, before and after, before and since puberty, I'm just one awkward person. Uh, but how many appearances now is this for you, Alex? On the... I think this is my third or fourth, I believe. Oh, wow. I might have to get well, a fi- I think the last one was with, with, with Nadja, right? We tried to wake Dizzy up, but he wouldn't wake up, remember? <laughs> oh, I remember. Yeah, that was, uh, that was yeah. fun. So for those of you who missed uh, Alex's last appearance on the show, of course, Alex Grassi, from Quiet Riot, officially welcome back to the AFD show. And and Hookers and Blow, we have so much to talk about uh, with Dizzy Reed's Hookers and Blow. Uh, but last time, speaking of Dizzy, of course, he was scheduled to be on the podcast. And, of course, I'm excited. Mm-hmm. At the time, I never had an official, you know, current GNR member on uh, since, I, thankfully, I've had Richard Fortas. Uh, but he... Overslept, <laughs> which happens. Well, no, I, I was in the lobby with Naja, and I said, "You got to wake your buddy up, wake your boy up in ten minutes." And we went up there; he wouldn't get up. So I just said, "Fuck it, I'm calling in." And I called you when Naja got on the phone, and I just I'm literally poking him in, 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 in his hotel room. Come on, come on, dude, get up! I think he mumbled three or four words, and then we got out of the room. Oh, he didn't want to. We didn't want. We didn't want to get up. <laughs> it was great. Now Naja, his his wife was so nice and pleasant. We got to talk to her about Hookers and Blow and her involvement uh, with the band, and you know she was nice enough. I I thought I was just being funny, and I I don't. I'm not a corny radio DJ who likes to do bits, uh, but I'm like you know what? It might be funny if you tried to wake him up in his hotel room, and she politely woke him up, and he just said yeah hello for like a minute or so. Uh, so, yeah. So you, last time you kind of brought us Dizzy Reed, but this time you got you got us like an awake uh, guest uh, that you brought on with you this time. He's awake and it's yeah, early. Exactly. And, he, and he's calling from another country. So give him that. I know. <laughs> There's no excuses for Dizzy Reed next time. So uh, Mark Alexander uh, from Golden Robot Records, right? Perfect. Yeah. So uh, welcome to Perfect. Appetite for Distortion. I know it's early for you, so I appreciate. Uh, your time and uh, what I thought was cool. Maybe we could start here, uh, Alex and Mark. You know, Alex, you, we were talking off the air before, and you were saying like we weren't we weren't trying to get a record deal. We we don't even know what we're doing half the time. We're just having fun. Very punk. Ro- and I said it's a very punk rock attitude. You know, and that's missing from from music today. And the way then you were describing Mark's label and the approach to music and just getting it, what what a band is about, and especially what Hookers and Blow is about. He had a very punk rock attitude. So 
Uh, is that what, how you guys kind of bonded? How did how did this love affair uh, start? Well, it, it really. I met with Mark about a different project last late last year in Hollywood, and um, after we were done talking about that, he asked about Hookers and Blow, and I'm, I go, well, it's not really a band. And he expressed interest in wanting to sign it or to work, work, you know, work with us in some capacity without even hearing one note of music or really, you know, knowing it's, it's a concept, not a band. And the fact that he was interested without saying to me, well, I want to hear this. I want you to do this. He wasn't dictating what we're supposed to do because we don't even know. That's what we that's what this band's based on. I was like, right away, I go, you know what? I like this guy. He gets it. <laughs> he just he sees the big picture. He's not like saying making one of those all-star band conglomerates that comes and goes in one day he sees you know the whole thing and there's there's a lot more to the band and i talked to dizzy and he's like yeah these guys the guys are real deal labels you know they're growing we're growing it's it's not like some old label setting their ways telling you what to do it's very you know open and artistic so it's i immediately was like yes this works so and mark i mean obviously gets it so we're all in it's gonna be fun do you want to do you want to know the truth now <laughs> of course. Yeah, okay, yeah, that, 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 that's my spin on it. Go ahead, Mark. <laughs> yeah, the truth is, he's right. We did meet in LA and we had a couple of, uh, oh, I thought I was just drinking Coca Cola. And I woke up the next morning and somehow I'd signed a contract. <laughs> that, that's oh, wait, what? <laughs> so all, of a, all of a sudden, I had to go back and tell the team that we've signed a band called Hookers and Blow. So, so, so. So that's that's the truth, and I've just and now he's got me live on air, live, or live in the podcast, and now I've had to now now, now the story's become real. <laughs> no, no, no this, this, the, the the truth is the truth is really simple, is that Golden Robot Records, you know, for the last few years have been signing some really great rock and roll acts. To me, everything starts with starts and ends with Led Zeppelin. So I, I'm a massive Led Zeppelin fan. I've been very fortunate to be in a position where we started a record label. Um, we actually own a few record labels under the one umbrella and Golden Robot Records concentrates on rock. And I was very privileged to be um, put sort of together with a guy called Derek Shawman a couple of years ago. And he was the guy, he was basically the head of uh, Roadrunner. He'd been Polygram, Adco. Discovered everyone from Slipknot to Pantera to Bon Jovi to Nickelback, you name it, he's been involved with it. And we've set up this incredible company. And um, a couple of years ago, one of our bands, Rose Tattoo, from Australia, sure. was, on the Guns and, was on the Guns and Roses support tour because they did the Gunners tour in 91, 92 in Australia, the big one. Ah. And when Guns and Guns and Roses were coming back, we got involved and we got them the support slot around Australia. Oh, cool. And during that, yeah, it was fantastic. I made a big mistake on that tour, though. I decided to go on that tour and be road manager for Rhodes Tattoo, which was a massive mistake because <laughs> I'll never do that shit again. <laughs> Why? Um, You're I, alive. I, don't, I take... I'm alive, but I tell you what, I take my hat off to road managers and managers all around the world. It was I remember one particular day it was um was in Brisbane, which is in Queensland. In Celsius it was about forty two degrees, which is which is hot. Which is, you know, like I think hundred and ten for you guys. I oh, really wow. okay. I had, thank you for converting. It was it was, it was, a, it was that's okay. It was a seventeen hour day. I had chafe from my kneecaps all the way up to my groin. Ugh. I had uh, I, just the sweat, just the nightmare. Just it was just 
running around that place. And, you know, obviously the gunners are pretty tight on the way they run things and the security. So it was it was a horrendous week, except the, the, the beauty about it was I got to meet some the band and some great people and we did some great things. And one of the meetings was with Richard, Richard Fortas. And he pulled me aside and said, you know, I love what you're doing with Golden Robot. You've got to get Dizzy Reed's album. Okay. He has been hold, holding onto this album for five years. It's like a baby to him. He won't. He won't. He just won't let it go. And I get that. And that's what I love about these guys. Guys like Alex and Dizzy and all these um, other people that we deal with, artists we deal with. They're, they're the most unbelievably talented people in the world. But there's also an element of insecurity there, sure. where they're not sure how good the music really is. So I'm sort of here to tell them. It is good. In circumstances, I'm here to tell them that it's shit. But in most most circumstances, I'm here to tell them it's good. So long story short, Dizzy gave us the album after a bit of convincing and meeting in LA a few times. And um, he gave us, a, I think he gave us Australia and New Zealand first, and then we showed him how, you know, what we could do. And then it just sort of extended to the rest of the world. So he was in, and Rock and Roll and Easy came out. And, and, and Alex, you were, all, you, were all, you were all over that first album, weren't you? Yeah, I played on, like, I think, three or four tracks, and especially Rock and Roll and Easy. Um, and I recorded my parts for that record in 2008, which is basically 11 years ago. That's a long time ago. And yeah. it was before the, the vocals were down. So I, when I finally got the record from him on the Dead Daisy story, he gave it, me a copy. And I heard my parts with him singing over it. I'm like, this is really fucking good, man. He's like, yeah. And then I'm like, wait, I was this was 11 years ago. He he literally held on to it, and he finally put it yeah, out. Yeah. I'm, I'm really glad it came out for you guys because it, it is a great record, and he spent a lot of time on it. And um, it found a, right, a good home because it's not just going to be put out there and then taken away. It's his actual development with it, and he's really happy about it. And I'm really honored to be a part of it, you know. GNR was my favorite band growing up. And, it it, it it really it really is a good record, and I can I can exclusively tell you now too. He signed on for a second album, which oh, um, wow. I'm sure Alex will be involved in as well. Yeah, it's awesome. really it's really 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 great. So look, so that's how it sort of started. So we, we we had a really good relationship, and I have to say to you and Alex, I'm sure you'll back me on this. I mean, this is a guy. Dizzy's a guy that plays in front of a hundred thousand people, and. He's as comfortable. He came to Sydney and did a couple of shows for us here. And, you know, he's as comfortable playing in front of 250, 500 people as he is in playing in front of 100,000 people. And he's the humblest, nicest guy and so talented. And it's such a pleasure to work with. And, you know, anything that he's involved with. And then once I met Alex, and Alex is equally as talented and equally as humble and equally as nice, how can you not? support these kind of guys they're the real deal mm -hmm. and that's that's as simple as that you know alex yeah, and i talk I appreciate about... that thank you mark <laughs> i appreciate that pleasure pleasure i, I that's pleasure. why i keep having uh alex back on it's he he's just very nice and organic and just a guy and the next thing you know he's off on tour uh with quiet mm -hmm. right and hookers and blow so it's like and but you wouldn't know that but just you know from talking to him you know what it is? I'll tell you what it is. I'm an entrepreneur. So when I started this company up, we've got over 140 bands or something now between the labels. Nice. And I approached this as an, as an entrepreneur. I didn't approach this as someone that wanted to get too involved in the bullshit of the record industry. So I only wanted to work with nice people, and I only wanted to work mm. with um, genuine people. And that's the thing about Alex and, and Dizzy and the members of Hookers and Blow. They're having fun, sure, but the music is good. 
their musicality is brilliant and they're humble good guys and they are genuine they're the real deal man they're absolutely the real deal and that's why this album is going to be a screamer because they are genuine and that's what rock and roll needs today is good genuine authentic stuff 100%. and they they tick every box that's it's very cool it's very cool i 100% agree with all that and i'm wondering cuz alex and i talk about this a lot and i know he he may be tired of like you know asking this or, or fighting away emails from uh from people who are uh, afraid of what hookers and blow can do to their life uh, but th- that's the name, and that's the culture we live in. See, obviously, we're in America where everything is offensive nowadays. Mm. Did you like, what? What's your approach, or what's your thought? Where we, you know, Alex, you know, Dizzy, you know, these are good guys. But if it's someone looking from the outside who has no idea what any of this is, don't mm. even know a member of GNR is in there, they can see hookers and blow and mm. decide to get triggered. You know, does that something? Is it different in Australia? Is it different? You know, how, I guess, how do you look at the name? Because Al, well, we Alex and I were talking yeah. about before. People want him to change the name, which he won't, and he yeah, should. It's a good, it's a good question. It's a good question. Look, Golden Robot essentially is an international, or is it? It's a worldwide international label. Where when we release something, yes, we we've got an office in Australia, and I'm I'm Australian. We release in America, Australia, Europe, Japan, you name it. We release everywhere. Gotcha. So. Internationally, how do we feel about the name? Look, I'm, as I said to you, I'm an entrepreneur. I don't get weighed down with political bullshit. I think the world's gone crazy and I think the world needs a hookers and blow. And I, I, I think that it's, um, it is what it is. I mean, at the end of the day, to me, it's about the music and it's about a good marketing angle. And could you get an, a better marketing angle than a name like Hookers and Blow with Dizzy and Alex and the other um, other boys and um, etc. in the band? Um, I think it's brilliant. I think there's so much to talk about with this band. And have you seen that photo of the bus that went around America? Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's that's so great. I mean, that, that was definitely my answer to people wanting us to change the name. And I'll tell you why. Because when I booked that tour. It was like 25 shows in 27 days or something. And a lot of the venues are sponsored by certain liquor companies or, uh, you know, uh, energy drinks or whatnot. And they would say, you know, we can't put the name on the marquee because, you know, whatever beer company will not put their logo next to it because it's corporate. My answer was fine. Put whatever you want. But I want to pull a 45-foot bus up and park it in front of your fucking venue with our logo on. Go ahead. You can put, you can put whatever you want on, on the marquee, but we're, we're not going to change it. And we dragged that, that bus started in Salt Lake City, Utah, and went all the way to Boston and was back to Utah, dumping in Chicago. And we, you know, we never got pulled over. Everyone had a, a laugh about it. Some people were offended. Some people weren't. But either way, it got people's attention. And this is what we do. You know, like I, I, we, we own it. And that's, you know, a lot of times bands will kind of cow down and do whatever people tell them to do to kind of, you know, get to the next level. And it's like, you know, we're going to stick to, you know, stick to our guns um, and do it. And that's, you know, why, you know, I like working with Mark because he gets it. It's not just, you know, a quick cash grab. He understands, you know, the, the big picture and not you're going to do it this way because I don't want to offend anybody. It's like, Dude, you know, I don't care if I offend anybody. If you're offending somebody, good. Yeah. You know, it's what we do. Like, take it or leave it, you know? Well, uh, that's, that, that's the thing. And I, personally, I think that the world's gone a little bit mad. I think the world's becoming a little bit politically correct and, and, and trying to be. And I, there's a lot of it I have no problem with, but there's some of it that's just gone a little bit too far. Agreed. So, you know, if we can, if we can stick it 
stick it to the man a little bit with a name like Hookers and Blow. I'm the first behind it, and I've always been a little bit of a uh, a rebel anyway. And, I mean, you know, my son is one of the top drummers in Australia at 16, and he goes to a a, a top performing arts school. And I got a call from the, the um, uh, what do you call, principal the other day saying that mm-hmm. they had a performance in a concert, a prefect concert of all things, and they had to drop a song because it was not politically correct. It was a Rage Against the Machine song. And I thought, the world's gone mad. that they can't even play songs they want to play now. So, you know, wow. if, if it's our little... Yeah, it's, it's crazy. If it's our... It was Freedom by Rage Against the Machine. Mm-hmm. If, I, if I can't even... Um, if I'm going to run this company, I want to run it the way that I want to run it. And if that's going to offend people, well, you know what? Turn the radio off or just don't buy the album. That's fine by us. Many other people will. And it's taken the time to get to know people like Alex and, and know you. And even what I do here on the podcast and in my career, it's it, people's inability to compartmentalize what is really offensive and what's just a, a clever play on words, what's used lightly, what's serious. So I mean, it really is up to the individual, and there's just too many stupid people on, on the planet, regardless of what country you're Well, from. I mean, if, if someone thinks, if someone truly thinks that it's... Um, uh, a bunch of prostitutes doing cocaine every night on stage. <laughs> right. I mean, good luck to them. If that's what they really think, then, and, and good luck to them. I mean, you couldn't you couldn't find a, a bunch of nicer guys. In in fact, in actual fact, if you really look at it, the name is quite a juxtaposition to what it really is, and and it's it's actually quite cool that the way they've done it. And I tell you what, it makes for some great merch. We're working on some merch for them at the moment. So I, I, I just don't see any negatives. I, to be perfectly honest, I haven't heard too many negatives. We, we announced it the other day, and I haven't heard too many negatives. It's certainly no. a name people aren't going to forget. Oh, sure. I, I was just curious of your, uh, your thought process as a, a label uh, owner uh, versus you know Alex, who's, who's in the actual band. But I'm curious, as you're working on, on merch and everything, and, and people get to be uh, pleasantly surprised when they go see an, a Hookers and Blow show, how do you plan on unleashing an album like with with these guys? What's the? Uh, it's not going to be a conventional rock and roll record, I assume. It's you're going to get creative. Well, it's, it's, it's what covers cover, original cover record? Yeah, that's a cover record. Covers, we have some yeah. really cool, a very okay. very diverse, you know, selection of songs, and we might do it in different increments. Maybe a couple of EPs. I mean, it's a single here, a single there, with some limited edition merchandise. Okay, and just have fun with it. You know, I mean, like I said earlier, Don Jameson is going to do some comedy on there. Make it like a you know like a thing, not just oh, here's a song. You said that band. to me uh, on on uh, off the air on the phone, so we had to say yeah, that now. Yeah. Don Jameson yeah. is going to be involved. <laughs> yes, he's already sent me a couple clips where basically he narrates some of the record and kind of makes fun of us, like he like he does in real life on tour. That's great. Like capturing what we do on tour and taking the piss out of ourselves, which is which is fun. And you know, like like Mark said, it's like if you don't like it, don't buy it. And you know, I've really gotten no negative feedback from anybody that matters. If you're offended by this, then you probably we're not going to buy the record to begin with, anyways. You know. I think it's going to be great and blow a lot of people away. Not to, that was an accidental pun. I promise. No pun intended. Yeah. Yeah. Not the pun that. So Mark, uh, you know the thing is, though, he's got some really good ideas. Like what? I, I tell you the fun thing. The fun thing about it to me is that if you look at the moment. You know, Alex and Dizzy, you know, they've had, if you really drill down in it, they've had some incredible experience and they've seen some incredible things. And they're very creative. So it gives us a license here to do some great video clips. And it gives, and we, we just finished um, the last single on Dizzy's album that we're about to put out called Forgotten Cases. Did you play on that, Alex, on that particular song? Uh, I, I, I played some rhythm guitar, I believe. I have to check the, the liner notes, but I, Frankie Benali played drums. 
from Quiet Riot on that. Yeah, that yeah, track, I believe. And um, but yeah, if you want to tell them the, the story video. behind it. <laughs> yeah, well, you you can definitely tell them the story because you know it better than, than I do. But we just did this video clip, this animated video clip, and and in fact, you're in this video clip, Alex. Is that the cartoon me that I saw? The cartoon. Yes. Oh, nice. Yes, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. So. So, so we've got this video clip of them, and Alex, I'll, I'll shoot you in a minute. You can explain it. It's a brilliant story. But the point is, all these guys have got brilliant stories. And that's what I'm excited about from the marketing angle, that when we do videos or when we do social media footage or whether whatever we do with these guys from the merch onwards, um, it comes with such great stories and such great um, authentic experience. And it comes out of the music although it's a covers album and they're covering songs, it comes out with their flavour. And so this is exactly what's needed at the moment because I've spent a lot of money and a lot of time and a lot of effort with some incredible bands really looking to, to, to push rock back to the forefront. And when you look at what's going on in the scene at the moment with, 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 with a lot of great bands, whether you love or hate Greta Van Fleet, they're selling out, they're selling rock albums. So I'm, sure. from a music point of view, from a label point of view, it's great for everybody. Whether you love it or hate it, it's great for everybody. Um, so something like this, exactly right. A, a great covers album with great members with a bit of comedy on it. Such, this is what's needed at the moment because it's not being done. And these guys are doing it really well. So for in actual fact, you know, obviously a covers album has been done many, many times before, but not particularly like this and not in a long time. So they're sort of forging the way here at the moment with what's going on with rock. And that's why I wanted, wanted to be a part of this, because I'm not saying it's trailblazing, but for the market and the way things are in 2019, it actually is quite unique. This is not what's going on. And that's another reason why I love to be involved with it. Hey, I was so really pleasantly surprised how much I liked the uh, the Weezer Teal album, which was all covers. Yeah, and I, I think yeah. you know Hookers yeah. and Blow would even bring a more unique and lighter, especially with Don Jameson being involved. So I think there there's a need for that. It's sometimes I think about a you know like how they 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 redo movies, remake movies, or TV shows. I mean, the classic songs are the classics. We love it. And the ones that break through depend on, you know, of course, the sound, but the players. And that's what I think it's uh, if there's going to be an, uh, an, the next great covers record, <laughs> if you want to call it that, uh, Hookers and Blow would, would, would put it out. It's a spirit that gets captured. We were in the right. studio. We, we were laughing the entire time. We just did the, like, the basic tracks were done. We have some overdubs and some mixing to do. But we were in there for five days last month, and literally the entire time we were just having a, having a blast. And you could hear it in the, in the tracks. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's, there's you know, a, you, where do you see the track list? I mean, it's, it's all over the map, but it's all done in, for the right reasons. It's not like thinking like, well, this could get on the radio. We don't care about getting it on the radio. There, don't fucking buy his albums anymore to that extent anyways. Radio, it's about getting to the people, you know, through all different mediums and different, you know. So you're not going to. thinking outside the box, you know what I mean? You're not going to cover like not, Toto's Rosanna instead of Africa this time? Pro, well, you know, if we did, we'd do it our way. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Any, uh, I, I'm, I'm assuming you're going to say no. It's all secrets. But any hint as to what we might see? Well, I mean, I Guns N' Roses. I, mean, I assume. No, 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 no. Okay. Not covering any of the bands we've ever been in. Oh, okay. Um, all I mean, right. That's something. Should I, should I, should I divulge maybe one or two songs? You tell me, Mark. You don't have to. You don't want. 
Well, I, I, you know what? I, this is what I'd do, and, and it's completely up to you. But maybe instead of the song, maybe you could tell them a couple of artists that you're covering. Fair. That's okay. 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 Good call. Good call. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it at this. This will definitely be the first record in history that contains a cover of an Eddie Money song and a Body Count song on the same album. <laughs> Brilliant. I love it already. Brilliant. Eddie Money and Brilliant. Body Count. Just, yeah. just, just chew Brilliant. on that for a minute. Sound like my Spotify. That's probably what I listened to back-to-back this morning. Yep. I love it. Uh, so that's 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 great. That's, that, that's awesome. So uh, what is the plan? Because I, I, initially I thought it was going to be an album, but then you were saying oh, maybe like a single here and there. Is there an ultimate goal plan that you're setting out for because that's you, then you, doesn't seem the hookers know, and blow it, away it's kind it's the hookers and blow away it's sort of like fly by the seat of our pants we, we're definitely getting it done this month and and, and we're going to sit back and go well, how, how do we want to release it i mean one thing i've noticed you know as mark told me when we met initially it's a singles market people have a very short attention span so why not give it to them in different increments and for different reasons you know with the merchandise and whatnot and maybe for different events i mean very rarely do people go out and buy a full album anymore. They download the one song they like, or stream the one song they like, and that's it. So, you know, you do it accordingly and just kind of figure it out from there, which is okay. the great thing about Golden Robot is they're not just putting the record out all at once and moving on to the next one. They're, they they actually do artist development. You know, I mean, Disney's record came out last year, and there's still videos coming out from it now, which is true artist development. Well, right on. Yeah. I like that. 100%. I, I think with this one, we'd... Yeah, you, you, you do you, the way. Look, the, it's changed so much this industry with the digital and physical side of things. Personally, whatever happens, I think uh, whether we do a couple of singles and then an EP or however we look at doing this, there'll obviously be a lot of visuals involved with this band and, yeah. the, and the music. I personally would want to do at the end of the day. I think every song will end up coming out on vinyl because I'm a massive vinyl yeah. guy, and I think there should be a limited edition vinyl for this because it deserves to be on vinyl mm. and anyone that loves good music has a vinyl collection. Even today they have, and look, vinyl's gone, going through the roof now. So I can, yeah. I can see this in a limited edition vinyl with, a, with the actual vinyl itself being white, like pure white for obvious reasons. <laughs> and, um, and, 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 and that comes out after everything so it can be a collector's item that sounds because awesome. this will be one of the greats it really will be it'll be a classic and everyone will want to have this album we'll do you know we'll do a limited run in white then we might do a limited run in red and a limited run in purple whatever we do this will be given the full treatment because it deserves it but it's the it's the videos and visuals i'm most excited about but alex you guys are going out on the road in the next few weeks yeah yeah, we we have a little short run. We're doing. We're actually we're starting with the uh, the Rainbow Bar and Grill in Hollywood's 47th anniversary party. Um, it's this huge parking lot thing, thing they do once a year um, every spring. Uh, we're doing that, and then we're going. We're doing Las Vegas. Um, we're doing Scottsdale, Arizona, and then Lake Havasu, Arizona. And then in June, we have other offers pending, depending on all of our schedules. But you know, the, you know, we literally have more shows offers coming in than we can physically fill. But the nice thing is now that we have the record to promote and, and you know the, the press behind it, we can pick and choose where you know the markets we're going to do it and where it's going to make sense to fit what, what you know what we do. It's not just going out to play to make money. It's just to you know to have fun and do it accordingly. And there's a lot of power in the word no when it comes to a lot of these places. And you know sometimes less is more. Like you know we don't want to beat it to death. We want to make it kind of make every show in Hollywood an event. 
Um, I've also got other stuff in Hollywood booked that I can't announce till after the rainbow, but it's there's a lot of, a lot of cool stuff. And back to what you were saying before about the forgotten cases video, when that comes out, I yeah. think you'll see a lot of what happens on the road with us because it, it, oh, we don't okay. plan this stuff, but the story behind that video is, it's pretty, uh, I think it's, is it, is it acted out in the video, Mark? I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. You, do you want me to tell it or you want to tell it? Well, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll start it. Um, cause when I, when I met with Mark initially, he's, he, he brought the story up to me and, and I kind of told him after Dizzy had told him the story. And I mean, we were both mm. there that night. It was, it was 2006. Um, we were in Cincinnati, Ohio after a gig and Dizzy wanted McDonald's. So we were like, okay, we'll go to a McDonald's drive through and we pull up and apparently some McDonald's have a late night menu where you can only get certain items. You get a Big Mac, you can get an Egg McMuffin, chicken nuggets, whatever. But there were no cheeseburgers. And Dizzy's like, I want a cheeseburger. I go, well, they don't have it. So <laughs> we asked the people at the drive-thru, can you make a cheeseburger? Can you put you know, meat and cheese and pickles, onions and on a bun with ketchup? And they're like, no, sir. Cheeseburgers are served at noon. I'm like, sorry, buddy, you can't get a cheeseburger. And so Dizzy just pulled out his, his phone and called information to get the number for the White House. And I'm like, what are you doing? He goes, I'm calling the president. I go, you really, really, dude? Really? Come on. Don't call the president. And I'm, I thought he was kidding. He, you know, hello, this is the White House. Like, um, hi, this is Dizzy Reed from Guns N' Roses. Yes. I'd like to speak to the president, please. At least I, I, I want to report a problem. What? <laughs> and, and they're like, I don't know what, if they knew what to make of it, but, they, you know, they recognized the Guns N' Roses name. And they said, um, well, sir, it's, it's President's Day weekend. He's not in well, what is the problem? And he's like, well, I'm at McDonald's in Cincinnati, and they don't have cheeseburgers. How un-American is that? <laughs> and I don't know what they said to him. He hung up. Then he called back again, and eventually they said, um, Mr. Reed, this, this call's being traced. You know, I'm thinking there's going to be a helicopter coming at us any minute now. And, this sounds like you know, that episode of that 70s show when Kelso called the police when they thought a bug was in the vacuum cleaner. Operator, uh, give me the White House. He called the White House. And he wasn't. Can you get through that easily? You can just. Well, they have an operator. They they have an operator. Hello, this is the White House. I mean, you can. They have a number that's listed apparently, and they have an operator. I've never called. (laughs) I guess I'm now. I mean, who has? Why would you call the White House? I hope that. Is that the so that's the video as well? Well, Mark, you can take it from here because that's what I. That's what that's as far as I know what happened. I I think that you can say the the White House did have a number you can call till that incident. And then maybe they yeah. changed the number after that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, that's, that's, basically, that's basically what happened. And, and in the video, it depicts that. And all the boys are in the video and, and um, uh, Dizzy calling the White House and just the images of um, uh, the president and the way that it's done and then the boys being chased in the van by the FBI. That's and, funny. And... and and bikers, and it's it's the funny part about our videos. We do this, we use this this um, crazy, crazy. I mean, we, you can imagine how many videos we pump out with, with with different artists. But we do we use this team in Israel that does these animated videos for us, it's, and they're absolutely nuts. The team that do it are nuts. You see them on Instagram. Uh, you see her lighting fires in a in a, her husband's ass and she's cooking food like they're completely mad and they make these crazy videos <laughs> okay and in the, in the videos it's just it's incredible in the videos they always do cameos so we've probably done four or five or six videos with them that are that are animated but they always have a 
picture of me in a in this particular one. I'm in the bar, and then my son's band, the kids, the drummer, he's in this as well. And it makes me laugh so much, Alex, because Jagger, who's my son, he yeah. does the cameo in it. But he's the the person in the drive-through, so you see him in a McDonald's hat, and I keep telling him, I keep pointing it out to him, saying, you know what? If you don't work a little bit harder at school, this is where you're going to end up. In McDonald's, sitting there in the drive-thru. There you go. That, that'll scare him straight. There you go. <laughs> it's hysterical. Oh, that's too funny. I'm surprised you named your, your son uh, Jagger and not Plant, since you're such a Zeppelin fan. Yeah, well, the, look, I ne- we never knew that he'd be, you know, such a, an incredible drummer when he was being born. But the, 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 the funniest, the, it, it, actually, the truth of it was, we were thinking of a name and we were watching the Grammys. And remember Creed, Scott Stapp from Creed, who oh, yeah. released a single last week. Yeah. He got up. In, in his in his sober days, and he put his hand up with his Grammy that he won, and he said, "This is to Jagger. This is my son Jagger." And I thought, mm. "Boom! I love that name." Uh, so that's where it came from. You got it from Scott Stapp, son. Got it. I love it. That's so totally. great. I want to get Scott Stapp on the show totally. as well. Great artist. You were you were right, Alex. I mean, Mark is hilarious and has a has a wealth of information. I'm curious. You have such a you know, an array, of, you're, you're such a force behind rock and supporting rock, and you, you said, wait, what was it, like 100, how, how many bands do you have, 150? Yeah, between all the labels, yeah. I mean, you know, we can, we, we've got Skid Row and John Sykes' new album in the first time in 15 years, King's X's new album, first time in 10 years, Gilby Clark, and, and it just, it goes on from there, and we've got some incredible up-and-coming bands, and we're doing another project with Alex as well, um, uh, that is going to be... Can we talk about that? Or we don't want to talk yeah, about it? Yeah, go ahead. It it's on the internet already somewhat, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's well, on your well, website. I, I really... Uh, it, it, this is, you know, you've got to say, this is... And, and I think this is what we were saying. I like to get involved with, you know, it's great to put out a Skid Row album, and I, and I can't wait for that. That's going to be incredible. But we're also doing things that are a bit different. And and in Australia, I'm doing some really different things for the rest of the world. But when Alex came, came, we were talking about um, Orcas and Blind. In actual fact, we talked about this project first. That we're now, what, what have, it's now called, is it James Durbin? The new Strange. Yeah, the new Strange. The new, new strange. strange. Yeah, with with James Durbin, my my buddy, who's um, who I've worked with on, on multiple projects, who's also sings currently singing in Quiet Riot. Mm-hmm. Um, we recorded a cover. Yes. Of the song "Into the Night," remember the song "Into the Night" by Benny Mardonis? It's a huge hit, twice. Yeah, um, we did it just for shits and giggles, and I sent it to you know I sent it to actually I sent it to Derek Shulman first, and then Mark, I sent it to Mark, and you know it, the thing came out really good. I'll send you I'll send you a mix of it. It's and Mark was like, I he immediately got that. Like like a lot of people go, why did you do yeah. this song? I'm like because it's a great song, and I became really close friends with. Benny himself, and he's kind of supporting the whole thing. And it's going, to be, it's going to come out as one single. It's not really a full band thing, but just to get it out there because it's something cool and different. And that's what you know, Mark latched onto, which immediately I was like, you know, he gets it. A lot of people were like, "What are you going to do with that song?" It's like, I don't know. We just did it just for fun, just for the sake of doing it. You know, right on. He got it. I'm into it. See, and I mean this in in the highest of compliment, Mark. I feel like you're the Steve Irwin of rock and roll. Like, you just have so much passion coming across. And, I mean, I was excited to talk to Alex again today, but you really got me pumped with all these ideas that you have for the record and everything you're doing for rock. Uh, are there any – can you give us a couple of, like, young bands that you have on your label that perhaps yeah. a Guns N' Roses fan would like or a Quiet Riot fan might like? Yeah, 100%. There's, 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 there is quite a big roster. Obviously, you've got to go to goldenrobotrecords.com and you'll see everything. But 
But I, I'm, I, I've got to say, without, you know, without sort of promoting my own son, which I don't necessarily do, it's normally the opposite, he's got a band called The Kids, and they're all 16, and it's incredible punk rock music. In fact, when Dizzy came to Australia, Jagger jumped up and uh, did a song with him. But his new okay. album's about to come out, and he's got, he's got a couple of songs, The Kids. And there's bands, we've got a band in Canada called The Lazies, and they're doing extremely well. They just did a sold-out tour through Europe. A band, a very ACDC-type band in, in Ireland called The Jailbirds. And we're just signing... Uh, we've got a great band out of LA called Valley Queen. Um, fantastic band. Um, very sort of alternative. So there's, there's, there's plenty of younger bands coming through that we're supporting. All over, and it seems. It, 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 all over. Look, they're, they're uh-huh. everywhere. There's bands in Europe. There's bands in Australia. It's great, but it's it's... It's you know what it is. I tell you, there's got, the guys like Alex and Dizzy. I don't think they realise the responsibility on their shoulders. And I say this with with so much respect to them that they're really revered and they're really looked up to, and they're mm. still producing great music. And the, you know, uh, uh, someone like my son who's 16, or other members of bands that are with us who are 23, 24, look up to these guys and see what they've achieved and see what they've done. And, and, and trying to follow in those footsteps. And, and, and they're good guys. Still, still today, releasing good music and thinking outside of the box, like the Benny Mardona song. I mean, how can you not want to put that out and try to make that a hit for it's the third time in its career? It's brilliant. Yep. So, you know... That, that, that song was a hit twice. We're going to make it a hit a third time. We're trying to. Uh, hey, I'll support it. 100%. I'll support it for sure. 100%. Uh, we have a lot of listeners in Australia who might be curious what your perspective is. What is, what was your your favorite Guns N' Roses concert moment in Australia? Because you mentioned, you know, the '90s, and you mentioned the recent uh, recently with uh, uh, Rose Tattoo. Do you mm. have, do you have a favorite, mm. uh, you know, Australian yeah. GNR moment? Yeah, I do. I do. I'll give you an, uh, um, a great Australian moment. I remember in 1988 they had just sort of hit it. And they came out to Australia and played in Sydney in a venue called the Sydney Entertainment Centre, which actually isn't there anymore. And I remember, my memory shit at the best of times, but I remember that if I was born in 68, that was eight, so I was 20 years old, just on 20 years old. And I remember there was sort of like riding out the front. It was just insane. I remember a car being on fire. Hmm. And that, like that doesn't happen down here, and certainly not back in those days. But I remember it was just a debaucherous, just, just it was full on, and I'll never forget that. And then I went to the ninety, I went to the ninety one or ninety two out at Eastern Creek, which is just the worst venue ever. But they had nowhere to put eighty, ninety thousand people in those days, and I remember it just being hot. And you know you have to get there early. You're literally waiting for ten hours, and then the band was three hours late anyway. So it was like a 13-hour wait for the band to come on, Jeez. and which was horrendous. <laughs> so you couldn't wait for it to get started, so to get finished, it, get out of there and get home. But um, I definitely remember those two moments. But um, uh, you know, meeting when when we were involved in this 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 tour a couple of years ago, meeting the, the Slash and Duff and all those guys, it was very cool. And I remember a, a good moment 
with a um, it was a massive night. It was a massive, massive night, and I remember Slash still took the time to come out after everything. We had a, a, a lovely chap there that was in a wheelchair, and we did something with him, and he still came out and took the time to take a photo with him and give him uh, some T-shirts and a pic. Even after that huge day, he still had the kindness to do that, and that's after all these years. So it's this is why it's lasted, and this is why it's still so popular, because you've got genuine, authentic people involved. It's very cool. Right, and that's the theme of this conversation right now, genuine, uh, authentic people. I love it. And, and I guess it's, and speaking of which, I want to get from you, Alex, unless you have, uh, in addition to anything else you want to get out there before we go, uh, but you have an update uh, about uh, your friend Stephen Adler, or do you want Stephen to... Uh, uh, just for the record, on the internet, that he allegedly can't play drums anymore because he hurt his back. Um, he can play drums just fine. He had a little back issue a couple of days ago, had surgery on it. He can play drums, so I just need to make sure he tweaks the right things next time. No, he's he's fine. Okay. You know, I, I, saw, I, was on my, I was on my Facebook. I was like, Stephen Adler can't play drums anymore. It's like, no, you can, he can play. I called him. I go, can you play drums? He's like, yes. I go, okay, cool. Thank you. But, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's amazing what you what people tweet. It's like, you know, I went to the chiropractor sitting there with his dog. And it must have been a slow news day for certain websites to pick that up. But yeah, It's uh, always a yeah, slow news day. fine, so. yeah. But no, you told me that off air, and I just figured, you know, let the the GNR yeah, fans uh, know. Because I mean, Stephen plays; uh, he's played Australia recently as well. So I mean, I know there's a lot yeah, of Australia. Yeah. yeah, he was down there. He was down there for his mother's book, I think, uh, earlier. I think it was last year. I yeah. Guess, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Right yeah. on. So I mean, this was uh, such a pleasure to to meet you, Mark uh, Golden Robot Records. You're always welcome back to come on and let us know, you know, what uh, what the next new band. It's why I kind of. You know, yes, it's a Guns N' Roses podcast to kind of really break the fourth wall here, but it's, I don't pick them because they're my favorite band. I pick them because they're in a certain era, I think, in in, mm. in culture and in life and just the age demographic where I don't think they're too old, they're too young, they don't oh, sounding or just mm. as as far as people. Uh, but I often say, okay, who's the next one? Like, who's the next band? And it's really, it's hard for rock to break through. Every time I think a band is really going to explode and hit that next level that I would say maybe the last band was Nirvana that broke that next level being worldwide uh, stars. It's like, who is fighting for rock? So it's great that you are fighting for it and you're able to do something about it. So uh, just, you know, I appreciate it and, and well, thanks think, for your well, work. I think... I think we're fighting for rock in a label perspective, but I, this is my tip. You want me to give you a tip for the younger bands out there? My tip for the younger bands is very simple. I think that, that the next big thing, I think Greta Van Fleet at the moment are the, sort of the next big thing as far as Led Zeppelin goes or sounding. But personally, I think the next big thing is going to sound like Black Sabbath. Mm. That's, my, that's my vibe. That would, I don't you, think if you sound like Black Sabbath. Yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't have a problem with that. I, I was Alex. You just said the yeah, words. I was yeah. about. To, I was. I was looking for. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have no problem with that. Yeah. Uh, especially uh, get better, Ozzy. I mean, he just had to pro, uh, postpone his tour again. Uh, I guess uh, he, he took a fall yeah. from. So get better, Ozzy. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. We we, we want to get the young rockers going, but we need to keep our old ones <laughs> around. We need them uh, for sure. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, so, Alex, anything else uh, you want to get out, uh, out there? Anything with Quiet Riot? No, or, just, oh, the um, no. tell us about the uh, the cruise briefly. The uh, the trailer oh, park. Boys. Yeah, the trailer park boys cruise. Yeah, that was uh, 
that thing was tailor-made for Hookers and Blow because it was we were the, one of two bands on the whole thing. It was all comedians and, you know, the, obviously the Trailer Park Boys. And it was an absolute shit show in the best way possible. <laughs> it was amazing. I mean, they, they got it. Like, I can't see us going out on one of those regular cruises, like, playing with, a, you know, the bands they usually have on those things. But this was – the audience totally got it. We had a great time. Actually, Bubbles, the, the main Trailer Park, um, you know, Mike sure. is his name. But he got to play – he has a song called Liquor and Horrors. <laughs> <laughs> to play with hookers and blow a- axel brought him out for a couple times with guns yes sing it and that's how i learned the song and he walked up on stage with those glasses on and in full character and it was you know it was fucking killer it was a lot of fun i think we're gonna do it we're gonna do it again next year um i mean that show's huge i didn't realize it i mean i'm, I'm not getting into it it's like you know it's it's brilliant it's kind of like the same you know it's the same attitude it's kind of like fly by the seat of your pants just sketch comedy you know, riffing off the cuff and not scripted really. And uh, it's, it's great. It was a lot of fun, really nice guys and, and really great fans too. So we'll do that again for sure. Well, I love every time I talk to you, Alex, it's something new and, and exciting with hookers and blow that's, that's going on. So I can't wait to, until the next time we speak to find out what's uh, what's next. Absolutely. Thanks. Thank you for having me again. And Mark, thank you so much for getting up early and calling in, man. I really appreciate it, buddy. Uh, any, any time boys, anytime you need, um, the perspective from this side of the world or a vibe, you just let me know I'm available anytime. Absolutely. So, yes, I appreciate your, uh, your really time. Cool. So I don't know if you need to take a nap, uh, if you're going to go uh, throw a boomerang. Sorry if that was a stupid American joke, but uh, I hope you... Very stupid, but that's okay. You, you're allowed <laughs> one a podcast and that was it. I'll keep... Yeah, that that was the stupid one. At least you didn't say go and blow a didgeridoo. No, thank you. Uh, um, I, I avoided uh, any no, of those I'm, things. I have, I'm, I'm going to be working, man, at 7.30. Right on. And uh, you can always, uh, as Alex knows, I'm a Long Island Jew, so I, I'm, I'm a walking joke. So I'm Jewish as well, so no problem there. Are you really? Are you an Australian Jew? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I am. I am. I'm I, Jewish. I did not know... We existed down there. That's awesome. You're one of the tribe. I wish I had. Oh, yeah. We, there's, a, there's a big community down here. That's, why do you think this record label is doing so well? You've got a couple <laughs> of Jews running. I mean, come on. And a oh. couple of Australian David Geffens. That's oh, that's, all, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Alex. And that does it for episode 115 of Appetite for Distortion. Thanks for, for joining us. Whether you found us through iHeartRadio, on the app, on Spreaker, on Stitcher, on Google Play, on SoundCloud, on iTunes, on AlternativeNation.net, YouTube, however you find us, I appreciate you you, you hanging out. So until the next episode, well, we have a lot planned, as usual. Some things I can't say yet because it's not confirmed, but I will tell you uh, for sure, uh, Michael Shanker is coming up. That most likely will be the next episode. We'll see if uh, who's going to join him. Well, I shouldn't say actually join him, but just like this episode, that probably is going to be a two-interview podcast. So we'll see what else I decide to put on episode 116. So until then, when will you see it? In the words of Axl Rose concerning Chinese democracy, you'll see it. I don't know if soon is the word. security, I'm going home.